The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, just uh, unprecedented testimony taking place as uh, Jody Wilson Raybull testifies. Um, she had a 30 minute statement on. Um, what happened to her as she best remembers within the SNC-Lavalin affair. She says, so the former former justice minister saying that she came under consistent and sustained pressure, including veiled threats from the prime minister's office, the privy council office and the finance minister's office to halt that criminal prosecution of Montreal engineering giant SNC-Lavalin. So testifying to the House of Commons Justice Committee, Wilson Raybould says the Prime Minister, that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and others repeatedly brought up the risks to the company if they were convicted of corruption and fraud in relation to the work it sought in Libya. She says a provincial election in Quebec was a major concern for the Liberal government. Uh, in her testimony, she says the decision not to pursue the agreement of a re- well, the remediation agreement that would have headed off uh, the uh, the prosecution, and it would have uh, prevented the ten year ban That's from right. the company bidding on these lucrative projects. She says the decision not to pursue such an agreement was made in September, but she and her staff heard repeatedly from Trudeau's office and the finance minister's office that. After that, trying to find ways to help the company, she says she was told repeatedly the decision was up to her, but attempts to talk her into a a remediation agreement were relentless. Hmm. She came out swinging in her opening statement, which we'll play for you right now. For a period of approximately four months between September and December of 2018, I experienced a consistent and sustained effort by many people within the government to seek to politically interfere in the exercise of prosecutorial discretion in my role as the Attorney General of Canada in an inappropriate effort to secure a deferred prosecution agreement with SNC-Lavalin. These events involved 11 people, excluding myself and my political staff, from the Prime Minister's office, the Privy Council office, and the office of the Minister of Finance. This included in-person conversations, telephone calls, emails, and text messages. There were approximately 10 phone calls and 10 meetings specifically about SNC, and I and or my staff were a part of these meetings. Within these conversations, there were expressed statements regarding the necessity of interference in the SNC-Lavalin matter, the potential of consequences, and veiled threats if a DPA was not made available to SNC. These conversations culminated in December the 19th of 2018 with a conversation I had with the clerk of the Privy Council, a conversation that I will provide some significant detail on. A few weeks later, on January the 7th, 2019, I was informed by the Prime Minister that I was being shuffled out of the role of Minister of Justice and Attorney General of Canada. For most of these conversations, I made contemporaneous notes, detailed notes, in addition to my clear memory, which I am relying on today, among other documentation. My goal in my testimony is to outline the details of these communications for the committee and indeed all Canadians. However, before doing that, let me make a couple of comments. First, I want to thank Canadians for their patience since the February 7th story, which broke in the Globe and Mail. 
Thank you as well, specifically to those who have reached out to me across the country. I appreciate the messages and I have read all of them. Secondly, on the role of the Attorney General. The Attorney General exercises prosecutorial discretion as provided for under the Director of Public Prosecutions Act. Generally, this authority is exercised by the Director of Public Prosecutions, but the Attorney General has authority to issue directives to the DPP on specific prosecutions or to take over prosecutions. It is well established that the Attorney General exercises prosecutorial discretion. She or he does so individually and independently. These are not cabinet decisions. I will say that it is appropriate for cabinet or colleagues to draw to the Attorney General's attention what they see as important policy considerations that are relevant to decisions about how a prosecution will proceed. What is not appropriate is pressing the Attorney General on matters that she or he cannot take into account, such as partisan political considerations, continuing to urge the Attorney General to take her or his mind four months after the decision has been made, or suggesting that a collision with the Prime Minister on these matters should be avoided. With that said, the remainder of my testimony will be a detailed and factual delineation of approximately 10 phone calls, 10 in-person meetings, and emails and text messages that were part of an effort to politically interfere regarding SNC, the SNC matter for purposes of securing a deferred prosecution. The story begins on... So the ladies and gentlemen, grab your popcorn because that is just the start of this. When she talks about the highest levels of government, Andrew, she's talking about the Prime Minister's office, the Privy Council office, the Finance Minister's office. And in fact, she went on to outline a conversation with Prime Minister Trudeau in which she says... The Prime Minister asked her to, quote, help out with the Quebec company as there was an election coming in the province. On September 17th, the Deputy Minister said that finance had told her that they wanted to make sure that Kathleen understands the impact if we do not do nothing in this case. Given the potential concerns raised by this conversation, I discussed this later with my deputy. This same day, September 17th, I have my one-on-one -on -one meeting with the Prime Minister that I requested a couple of weeks ago. When I walked in, the Clerk of the Privy Council was in attendance as well. While the meeting was not about the issue of SNC and DPAs, the Prime Minister raised the issue immediately. The Prime Minister asked me to help out, to find a solution here for SNC citing that if there is no DPA, there would be many jobs lost and that SNC would move from Montreal. In response, I explained to him the law and what I have the ability to do and not do under the Director of Public Prosecutions Act around issuing directives or assuming conduct of prosecutions. I told him that I had done my due diligence and had made up my mind on SNC and that I was not going to interfere with the decision of the, of the director. In response, the Prime Minister reiterated his concerns. I then explained how this came about and that I had received a Section 13 note from the DPP earlier in September and that I had considered the matter very closely. Further, I further stated that I was very clear on my role as the Attorney General and that I am not prepared to issue a directive in this case that it would not be appropriate. 
The Prime Minister again cited the potential loss of jobs and SNC moving. Then, to my surprise, the clerk stated or started to make the case for the need for a DPA. He said, quote, there is a board meeting on Thursday, September the 20th, with stockholders, end quote. Quote again, they will likely be moving to London if this happens, and there is an election in Quebec soon, end quote. At that point, the Prime Minister jumped in, stressing that there is an election in Quebec, and that, quote, I am an MP in Quebec, the member for Papineau, end quote. I was quite taken aback. My response, and I vividly remember this as well, was to ask the Prime Minister a direct question while looking him in the eye. I asked, quote, are you politically interfering with my role, my decision as the Attorney General? I would strongly advise against it, end quote. The Prime Minister said, no, 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 we just need to find a solution. The clerk then said that he spoke to my deputy and she said that I could speak to the director. I responded by saying, no, I would not. That would be inappropriate. I further explained to the clerk and the Prime Minister that I had had a conversation with my deputy about options and what my position was on the matter. As a result, I agreed to and undertook to the Prime Minister that I would have a conversation with my deputy and the clerk, but that these conversations would not change my mind. I also said that my staff and my officials are not authorized to speak to the PPSC. And then we finally discussed the issue that I had asked for the meeting in the first place. I left the meeting and immediately debriefed with my staff about what was said with respect to SNC and DPAs. So you've been listening to former Attorney General Jody Wilson describing for the House of Commons Justice Committee an interaction that she had with the Prime Minister regarding SNC-Lavalin. And you guys, that's just the beginning. It's just getting going. And, you know, she makes reference to a DPA a couple of times in that last clip. She's referring, of course, to a deferred prosecution agreement. Again, something that the company had sought, SNC-Lavalin, in order to avoid... Uh, criminal prosecution, which would have resulted in, uh, had they been found guilty, a 10-year ban from doing business. It, this is, uh, I don't even have the words to describe how shocking this testimony is. And keep in mind that... It, these, has, it has to be worse than anybody. Well, certainly in the opposition, and I'm guessing that the Liberal members on this committee right now are thinking, okay, well, what do we do? Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, a smaller point to the major story here is the fact that the Attorney General of Canada requested a meeting with the Prime Minister of Canada and wasn't able to meet with him for two weeks. And that's just something else that jumped out at me while listening to that uh, presentation, that opening statement by uh, uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould. You're telling me that the Attorney General of Canada, when she has urgent business to discuss with the Prime Minister, cannot see him for two weeks? Wow. This um, is an incredible yeah. day. It is, uh, absolutely. That. So she she's being questioned now. Uh, right now, Murray Rankin, the NDP justice critic, is uh, asking questions. Uh, we'll keep you updated. She has said, um, the former uh, justice minister has said, she will stay as, as long as needed uh, to answer the committee's questions. I know with some of the other uh, things leading up to this, they did two or three rounds of questioning. Uh, I, I was listening to the kind of the direction that was mm -hmm. being set out. So 
they said that they would do two or three rounds and then see where they are at that point. But boy, oh boy, we'll keep you updated right here on 6.30 Chat. It's a, a fascinating day, fascinating. And I think there's a lot of jaws being picked up off the floor mm. right now. And uh, you can better believe the spin doctors have been working overtime and will be for the next little bit. Well, just a couple of weeks ago, you know, yeah. when all of this was, you know, shaking down and when uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould, you know, was back sitting in her chair and uh, Gerald Butts, you know, resigned, mm-hmm. um, you know, from the PMO, from the Prime Minister's office, you started to think, okay, well, I wonder what kind of deal has been made. I wonder if this is going to be a, a whitewash of sorts. Anything but today. Absolutely. And here's the thing. One of the, uh, two of the questions that really needed to be answered and have already now been answered because it becomes degrees, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, wait a second. You know, what's the difference between uh, getting a little bit of pressure, a suggestion, and when does it cross the line? This is so far over the line, it's ridiculous, uh, according to the testimony by Jody Wilson-Raybould. And then the other question, of course, was because, as you just said, PMO's office. So was that the prime minister or is that someone in his office? Um, But now... Sounds like it was... The prime minister himself, eye to eye, face to face. That's what Um, she's stating. And he's not the only high-profile liberal uh, that uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould says uh, put pressure upon her. No, she was talking about the finance minister today as well. Bill Morneau said that uh, Morneau pressured her to consider possible job losses in the province of Quebec. Still on September the 19th, I spoke to Minister Morneau on this matter when we were in the House. He again stressed the need to save jobs. And I told him that um, engagements from his office to mine on SNC had to stop, that they were inappropriate. They did not stop. On September the 20th, my chief of staff had phone calls with Mr. Chin and uh, Justin Toe, both members of the Minister of Finance's office, about DPAs and SNC. At this point, after September the 20th, There was an apparent pause in communicating with myself or my chief of staff on the SNC matter. We did not hear from anyone again until October the 18th, when Mathieu Bouchard called my chief of staff and asked that we, I, look at the option of seeking an external legal opinion on the DPP's decision not to extend an invitation to negotiate a DPA. This would become a recurring theme for some time in messages from the PMO that an external review should be done of the DPP's decision. The next day as well, SNC filed a federal court application seeking to quash the DPP's decision to not enter into a mediation agreement with them. In my view, this necessarily put to rest any notion that I might speak to or intervene with the DPP or that external review could take place. The matter was now before the courts and a judge was being asked to look at the DPP's discretion. However, on October the 26, 2018, when my chief of staff spoke to Mathieu Bouchard and communicated to him now that given that SNC has now filed a federal court, filed in federal court seeking to review the DPP's decision, surely we had moved past the idea of the attorney general intervening or getting an opinion on the same question. Mathieu replied that he was still interested in an external legal opinion idea. 
Again, you've been listening to former Justice Minister Jody Wilson-Raybould and her shocking, her staggering uh, testimony today in, in front of... Uh, the, the council, the committee. Uh, uh, members of the House of Commons yes. Justice Committee. Um, no, interesting. We spoke uh, a few days ago, you and I, Jay, earlier in the week, and I was uh, lamenting that uh, Andrew Shear had put together, had put forward a bill which would require the Prime Minister to appear before the mm. same committee, and that it was not likely and did not pass mm-hmm. because the Liberals have a majority government. And I had said at that time, we had said at that time, you, you can't let a majority government get mm-hmm. in the way of good governance. Mm-hmm. You can't protect your leader because it's not the right thing to do. And honestly, I thought today, I think many people probably thought today, that this would be some fine walking of the line. Um, that you wouldn't know, quite point wouldn't uh, quite, big fingers. Right. And so I applaud Jody Wilson-Raybould mm-hmm. for stepping up. Her courage is incredible. What happens to her career now, I don't know, but I, I'm equally unclear on what happens to our Prime Minister's career now. So this is absolutely jaw-dropping testimony. You had asked about, uh, had she spoken uh, regarding, uh, you know, whether she thought that uh, she was, um, her move to yes. Veterans Affairs. She has said that she believes she was removed from her post as Attorney General because she spoke truth to the power on, on Lavalin. She said she made it clear to the PMO that she was concerned about it. She raised that concern with both Jerry Butts and the PM and they denied it but she cannot speak to anything after that because the government hasn't lifted cabinet confidence on her time as a minister of veterans affairs. She ended her testimony today saying that she comes from a line a long line of matriarchs and we are truth tellers. Wow. And you know you wonder don't you that if you're Prime Minister Trudeau and you want to move your Attorney General out of the way or if you, you well, yeah, I'm not going to change it. If you're Trudeau and you want to move the Attorney General out of the way to get away with something, but you give her a post like Veteran mm-hmm. Affairs, it's kind of like here, sweetie, you you run this uh, prof- you know, this uh, file for us. And so we didn't get rid of you, we didn't punish you, and it's still a pretty high profile. Yeah. And all of this coming down on Pink Shirt Day, it uh, absolutely right? couldn't be more appropriate. <laughs> anti-bullying, yeah. taking a stand on bullying. Exactly. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.